Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Peacock Streaming, the biggest live events from Super Bowl 56 to complete coverage of the Winter Olympics. It's all the unbelievable sports to love. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Good morning and welcome to a fabulous edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I am here with Matt. Hi, Pete. How you doing? Very good. Very good. When was the last time we won five games in a row? We can't find it. No. We, can't, we can't find it. We thought Opta would have the, the numbers for us, but sadly they don't. Uh, but you're feeling super positive. I'm not really feeling positive at all, but is that a shock? Um, tell us why you're feeling positive, Matt. Um, well, we won, which is very good. Uh, we, I can't remember the last time we won four Premier League games in a row. I really can't. It must, must be a, I mean, Wenger, Wenger made a, a habit of it when it didn't really matter. Um, but it does matter for us this season because we're trying to get some momentum. So that was very positive. First clean sheet. Another big positive. That is a good one. Uh, we've been, we, we said Emery's first job is to sort out the defence. And um, and I think we're beginning to maybe see signs that the defence is not quite as bad as it was at the beginning of the season. I'm not even going to dare say the defence is good. Uh, yeah, so and and we're scoring goals and we look we look sharp up front. So lots of positives. Well, I do have some statistics for you. Uh, the last home defeat against Everton came 25 games ago. What year? Wait, 25 games, that must be... 1996. Yeah, 12 years ago. Bruce Rioch in the dugout, uh, Dennis Burkamp playing. Alexandra Lacazette has been directly you know involved what? Can in... I, can I just say? Yeah. I don't think that's true. Well, listen, if Opta, I remember... If Opta Joe is saying it. Stephen Pienaar dinking one over and us losing 3-1 to Everton. Was that at home, though? And was that at in the home. Premier League? At home. Really? I don't think that stats correct. You do have a good memory, but so we'll, we'll, we'll put that out. To I remember put, it was a waterlogged pitch. It was a. I'm pretty sure we've lost to them once. Arsenal's last home defeat against Everton came in their last match against them without Arsene Wenger and dugout. It was two uh, one in January 1996 under Rioch. Maybe I'm wrong. We're going to look into it. We're going to yeah, 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 look into it, and we're going to get back to you. 
so next statistic, Lacazette has been directly involved in nine goals in his last nine starts in the Premier League, scoring seven whilst assisting two. He's got a start, hasn't he? We, I, I, I actually like him a lot. That celebration. Oh my! Re- I, lo- you, I, I, you, I know. I know. You. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've, I've changed my mind. I like him. That little celebration. That finish was electric today. Uh, another stat. Uh, Aubameyang and Lacazette have both scored in three of the last five Premier League matches in which they've started together. It's great news. Good stat. Um, Keep them coming. Yeah. And then since his Premier League debut, only Salah has scored more goals in the competition than Aubameyang. Salah has 16, Aubameyang 12. And then the final one, Arsenal have won 97 top flight games against Everton. At least 11 more than any side has managed against another in its history. All is rosy. We, we are bullying them. Anyway, I'll tell you why I'm not that positive, because I seem to be one of the few Arsenal fans that looks ahead. Uh, I'm not looking one game at a time at all. I'm looking at the state of the side, and I've got, I've got deep fears about... Uh, the, the, we're, we're turning over bad teams with bad performances... Uh, the team is like out of lockstep. We've got players playing out of position. We've got Jacker somehow still in the starting eleven, uh, and our defence is an absolute shambles. I don't know how you are judging that to be better than in the performances that we've seen before. But for me today, the only reason that we were in the game was because of some sublime goalkeeping by Czech. Who, like again, we criticised him so heavily last season, but it's undeniable that Czech so far has been uh, one of our players of the season, uh, which is um, which is a sad indictment of of the Emery regime so far, if if you ask me. But confidence is uh, is it building? Uh, like the wins build confidence? I don't know. I'm not really seeing it in the performances. Like what 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 makes you think that we're going to be ready for for Liverpool? Uh, in your four games time, I believe. Well, you know, I just go back to, um, I know it's boring, I keep banging on about this, but I, we said a while ago, we said after those first two games, uh, we needed to win our next eight. Yeah. we had eight we eminently easy games to win, or pretty easy on paper games to win, before we played Liverpool in November. And we know that's going to be given their form, they're the best team in the league at the moment, Uh a very, very difficult game. And uh, and we're halfway through that run and we've got four wins out of four. Uh, we welcome Watford next week. So I'm pretty positive because we said we needed probably seven wins and a draw or seven wins or seven wins and a defeat at the worst to, to be in a good place ahead of the Liverpool game. And, you know, we're on track for that. So I'm feeling positive, I think. Uh, what we know about football is that confidence is hard to build and uh, and 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 can disappear in an instance. So I feel like game by game, the team are believing they can go out and get the three points. Their mentality is right, even if the football is not free flowing at the moment, and um, it's getting more and more positive. Yeah, and I, I have to say, I I woke up to watch the Chelsea game this morning, and although it seems like Sarri has imprinted his vision on that side with a little bit more ease. Um, they struggled against West Ham. And I have to say, like West Ham 
could have nicked the goal at, at, at any point during that that game. Like, um, sure, um, Chelsea weren't that great going forward. I did not miss Giroud, like watching Jorginho put balls on a plate for him and watching him look to the sky with that incredulous like hair grip that he does. I didn't, I didn't miss him, but Chelsea weren't great today. I, I didn't think. And, um, but I, I, I do look at the top three teams in the team in the league at the moment. And I do think, I feel like it's going to be city, Liverpool and city, sorry, city, Liverpool and Chelsea, like going for the title. I think the, um, that last champions league place is between Arsenal Spurs and United, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, I think City and Liverpool are the two best teams in the league by some way, and there's nothing, um, there's, there's anything new in that. I guess the challenge will be um, can can Pep keep City improving? They were so good in the league. Is complacency going to set in? Um, Liverpool have got it all to prove because they didn't win anything, and um, and they look really focused and. You know, I, I, it does make you very jealous as an Arsenal fan to see what Klopp has done at Liverpool because I love the energy and the vibrancy and the tenacity that they're playing with. It's it's just, as a fan, it's exactly what you want to see. So um, so there's, there's a bit of that. Uh, Chelsea, we don't know yet. I mean, before today, I, was, I would have said, yeah, I think they, they, they will challenge. Um but we don't know. Chelsea were in a very similar situation to us last year. We were sort of in identical places in some ways in that we couldn't really defend. We were pretty good going forward. Uh, there was a bit of turmoil going on behind the scenes. And Chelsea have had a perfect, had a perfect start to the season. So the sense was that they were, they were actually in a more advanced, better place than we are um, currently. But, you know, we played them earlier in the season... I think they probably deserved the win, but I think if that game had been at the Emirates and it had been the other way around, we could easily have won that game. And we saw enough frailties in them to suggest... I, I don't know if they, they're going to be up there with City and Liverpool. I think there's, there's probably going to be ourselves, United, Spurs and Chelsea uh, vying, for, vying for two spots. Um, I think Chelsea are probably at the head of that pack, but uh, you know it feels like it's four into two and the other two are just going to go head to head and, and hammer it out but we'll see we'll know a lot more when we see what happens next week because the game's at Stamford Bridge but uh, the Liverpool-Chelsea game Liverpool-Chelsea yeah, yeah. And, I and, think... and really Liverpool are the first test I mean you can't say that uh, an Emery side after two games no, this will, this will, this, are going to be this will be the test and Chelsea have, have notoriously been very good at home in big games they've been very good in big games so I don't think I think it's going to be a really tough game for Liverpool but they are also the only team that's got the perfect record still. You know, they're, they're scoring goals for fun. I don't know, is there Champions League in the week this week? Because uh, that, will, that will obviously play a part if, uh, if there's Champions League. We obviously only have to worry about uh, that fucking shitty Europa League. Uh, yeah, um, the, the, before we move into uh, the, the, today's game, we did win against Vroska. Uh, it was a bit of an average I could, I performance. Couldn't even, I couldn't even watch it. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, we won. Uh, we won convincingly. It, it was four-two. They scored two goals in the last like fifteen minutes. Two replica goals. Only big concern with those goals is I did wonder should a keeper that cost twenty million be doing better with those shots? But they were 
awesome strikes. Um, but again, like big concern with Arsenal. It's not can they score goals, it's can they defend. And uh, the, for, for Arsenal to shut down against the, but like a pub team, they were really, really low quality side, um, was, was slightly concerning. But then on the flip side of it, I guess you're, you're taking the points, you're racking up the wins. Uh, so it doesn't look like um, it doesn't look like there's a Champions League game so that's this gonna week. Be, uh, that's going to be an interesting one. Well, so what's, uh, what's interesting is um, Chelsea play Liverpool in the League Cup um, on Wednesday, <laughs> and they've got them on, on at Stamford Bridge. Uh, yeah, at Stamford Bridge. No, no, they play as is Anfield for the League Cup, and then it's uh, so they've got the Chelsea have got the travel. It's a double, du- yeah, double Chelsea game. Double yeah. Chelsea game, so. But I, I think the point is, I'm I'm definitely looking. You know, the reality is we've got to be looking at the the teams around us, and I'm and I'm looking at Chelsea, United, Spurs' results before I'm looking at City's and Chelsea's, which is also a sad state of affairs. But let's face it, we're not going to challenge for the league for a while. Um, yeah, and but it seems like well, you know how sometimes the league seems very unstable. This seems like a more stable year. With the big teams. More traditional. Yeah, seem yeah. to be winning all the games that they should be winning. There's been very few upsets. Uh, yeah. it's, it's funny looking at um, the Chelsea fixtures. They've got Liverpool on Wednesday. Uh, they've got Liverpool on Saturday. Then Chelsea are uh, playing a team called Videoton, um, which sounds like a really bad name for a computer game from the, from the 80s. Then they've got Southampton... Um, away um, on the on the Sunday, uh, early-ish. No, I think it's a later kickoff. Then they've got United. So it's going to be a tough few games uh, for Chelsea. So we'll see what Sarri's made of. Yeah, I think we'll have, a, we'll have a better idea there. But then we say that and you look at someone like Manchester United, we still don't know what they're made of. No, but I don't. I no I, I think that I think the United are going to have a very difficult year this year. I don't. I don't think that you can play at the top of your game when you've got a manager that's a bully, um, and and a manager that's being found out, regardless of the amount of money that he's been spending. It's, but like, if you can't get Pogba, if you can't get Sanchez, if you can't get all of those um, exciting young players uh, ticking over in, in in a side, and all you do is blame them when things go wrong. I think that says a lot about who you are as a manager. And we all know that Mourinho in the third season generally combusts. I was surprised that he didn't combust last season, if I'm perfectly honest. But I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna be a pretty year. Especially when the managers leak into the press that United aren't gonna fire him because he'd cost too much. I mean it's quite a staggering thing to say, but there's a lot of truth in that. So if you had to pick uh Klopp or Guardiola for for Arsenal, what would what who do you prefer? I think I think Klopp would be a better choice for the situation we're in financially. I think I, I think Klopp can get away with having less technically proficient players than Pep Guardiola, um, and I think Klopp it just carries you on energy. But I think for me, still the best in the game is is, is Guardiola. I think that his big challenge this season is, like you said before, he's got the best players in the world playing in that City side. But even when you've got the best in the world, it's difficult to keep them motivated all year. And like for them to maintain the level of a 100-point team is going to be really, really difficult. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some drop-off. Like we saw uh, last week, they lost to uh, Leon uh, when <laughs> Arteta was technically managing. Your guy. My guy. Everyone, everyone's like, that's it, I told you. Arteta's a fraud. It's like, what? Guardiola was, is still the manager, but... Um, 
you know, whatever. Uh, I'd, I'd be very surprised if they could uh, maintain those levels this season. But it looks to be off to a good start. I think they scored five this weekend. They just look like a ruthless side. They look really ruthless. But for me, this season, Pep's, Pep's going to be judged on whether he wins the Champions League. Like that's 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 got to be the goal. But also, they you know, Liverpool look good for like you know they beat PSG um, fairly easily in the week. Like they like it's um, what I'm well, amazed about. Go. Yeah, I, but but um, I I, don't, I didn't think PSG looked particularly good. Like I watched um, I watched 20 minutes of them this morning and they went one goal down to Ren. Um, they they didn't they didn't look particularly cohesive either. They looked a little bit Arsenalish, but. I think uh, the most impressive thing about Klopp is he didn't take over a team that had won the league within three or four years. Like he took over a, you know, a bit of a bit of a shit show. And it's it, what I love about the Liverpool model is they have an end goal of, of where they want to go, and they have a style that they want to achieve, and they know exactly the sort of players that they've got to build. And like that, that very specific vision of here's the style we're going to play, and we're going to upgrade. Uh, squad to meet that style is slightly different to the vision that Arsenal have, where I think it was, don't get worry to, about quality. Get to get into the yeah. Champions League. Get into the Champions League and maybe just stock with experience to help you get to that level. Like We've obviously signed some good players. I think Wendouzi is very exciting. I think um, Torreira, like, he, he, looked, he looked fantastic today. But I don't think we really thought about the system that we were going to play and the, the formation that we're going to play because we still look like a bit of a Frankenstein monster. But it's a bit like, um, I don't want to turn this into a Chelsea podcast, but they did it when um, when Ranieri came along and they bought enough players to get them into the Champions League and, and, and turn them into a more elite football club. Mm-hmm. And then they waited till Mourinho came to like really up the ante. And so that strategy, the one that we feel like Arsenal are pursuing, is, uh, you know, it could work. No, no, I, I, I look, and I'm, I'm definitely not saying um, that I don't think it could work, but the way that Liverpool have gone about it, signing, like, young players, power, pace, like, velocity, like, it's, it's just a very, it's just, it's, it's just beautiful to watch. I mean, and they still have average players hanging around that squad, like, um, Jordan Henderson, yeah, James Milner, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's hard to say that James Milner is average these days. Is he? I mean, he got nine assists in the Champions League last year, but it's uh, it's it, it's not quite the more like you know Pep Guardiola and City. He has the luxury, and he even admits he says, "Look, you know, I spend a lot of money on players, and that, and we do that because we want to win." So it's you know he he's the guy that rolls in there. Would he be able to do the same at Liverpool that Klopp's doing? I'm not so sure. I feel like. Um, but everybody was saying in the week, you know, the, the reason that PSG are going to struggle this season is because it's not 11 players out on the pitch. It's maybe eight um, because they don't all pull in the same direction. They want to do the, do the same job. It's a club that's run by the players. Um, but when you watch Klopp's team, like they die in every game. Like they will, they will, they will throw themselves like their bodies on the line in every single match. And Klopp, it, like he never, he never lets his uh, energy levels drop and it's, it's exciting to watch. So, it's that's why it's quite interesting to watch what Emery's doing and the and the style that he's playing because, and I, I said uh, I said last week I, I couldn't really see what the vision of Emery was and I, I I think the you know you're reading around the internet post Everton today and like he's not he's not getting an easy ride because it's still not clear what the vision is I mean like he slows the game down um, like he's got players. 
um, playing out of position. Like I think the the interesting thing of playing Ramsey in at your number 10, you've got Ozil who has kind of been chastised by Emery to a certain degree because he's a number 10. He's dying for that number 10 shirt for years. He's got it and now he's being played wide right and it's quite clear that he doesn't want to play that. And because he plays wide right, Bellerin doesn't have anybody to like play it, play to the best of his abilities down the right. So we look stunted down there. Like everything kind of doesn't doesn't really fit. And, and the, like, oddly, the wins are getting us over the line. But we're not looking at. I don't feel that we're looking at the bigger picture here. Like we've got a Frankenstein monster of a of a squad out there. And I I think that when we go to Liverpool, if he doesn't sort that defense out soon, we're going to get destroyed because we should have been destroyed in the first half today like Everton were getting in behind us with absolute ease and um like it's frightening to watch because it hasn't improved since pre-season for well, me no I I I hear all of that I mean a couple of points um you know Lee Dixon said the same on the commentary today he said other than playing out from the back what 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 are we seeing like what's what's the game plan yeah and I was sort of it's, it was, it's pretty difficult to, to disagree with that. Um, but, you know, I think there was f- more fluidity going forward. Some of the interplay was nice. Um, there were some bright moments. The strike, something's working up front. Um, but I think the bigger point about, you know, the Frankenstein team and Ozil and Ramsey and all that, um, Emery obviously identified the defence as the biggest issue taking over do you think i think so because even last season we didn't have a, you know our bigger problem was just unable to stop conceding goals we you know we've brought in a bamiyang last season we've brought in mikitarian uh whatever you think of those players i mean i, I like bamiyang and i'm the jury's still out on mikitarian for me but he uh, mikitarian was fantastic against the pub team but he was at the, at the heart of everything he was brilliant Pretty good. That's great. Uh, if you're playing a pub team every week. <laughs> but uh, my, my point is, you know, we haven't got infinite funds. Emery came in and focused on goalkeeper, defender, cent- defensive midfielder, and then he took a gamble on Gwendozi that looks like a g- good gamble. But yeah. he spent all his money on those three positions, which any Arsenal fan would have told you over the last decade, those are exactly the three positions that have been underinvested in. Yeah. So I think he's probably seeing what he's got, seeing what the situation is going to be with Ramsey, seeing what the situation is going to be with Ozil, and then we're going to have to see, we're going to see the checkbook come out, and we're going to see who he buys. And I think that's really going to be it'll be that those signings and that transfer window that, that that happens that really define what happens for him at Arsenal. I think because you know if you spend forty million on an attacking player, thirty forty million, then you know they need they need to deliver. Uh, and I think he probably had higher hopes for uh, for Ramsey than he's seen so far. You know, there was talk that Ramsey was going to be the fulcrum of his team, the captain, the leader. But obviously, he didn't sign the contract. And, you know, I've got I'm I'm not impressed by what I'm seeing from Aaron Ramsey. No, but it's but this is this is my thing with Aaron Ramsey. That everyone lost their mind last year when I criticised him. Aaron Ramsey looks great because he plays for himself. Like he does, you know. He he plays for the stats. Like he looks great. He bombs forward. He leaves he leaves his teammates exposed. And then it was always the question. It was something that we said a lot last season. See how good Ramsey is when he's given a very specific role. 
didn't expect him to be given a number 10 role. Like, he, does, he just looks lost. He just looks lost. He's not technically good enough to play there. And it, it, I feel like his inadequacies are highlighted even more when you've got Ozil slumped, uh, slumped out on the right, not looking interested. And I think that that was, that was quite an interesting change-up. The second half, I have no idea what formation was being played. I have no idea what the instructions were. But we seemed to start picking it up when Ozil played more centrally and... Aaron Ramsey moved out onto the right. Like it was only for a short period of time, but I felt like Everton really struggled to get into the game. But uh, Aaron Ramsey's not a number 10. Uh, Meza Ozil for Arsenal is never going to be um, a right midfielder. And I think that um, if Emery's going to have any sort of success, he's got to start playing players in the position. Well, this is, this is the, another big challenge that I've got, which is who have we got? I mean, we've got Mkhitaryan who's really inconsistent in my mind. I, haven't, I, I personally cannot see him delivering consistently from, a, a, from starting every league game. Just, that's just my own personal take on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Iwobi. Uh, and, it, you know, I know I could almost just start laughing at the thought that he's the answer. The, he has looked to me to be a player who is showing some signs of improvement under Emery. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, and, you know, I'm sort of hoping and this shows how I'm clutching at straws, that he could be an, uh, an answer for us if he can continue to improve. Maybe he can get a, get a spot in the team and keep it and, and show that he's worth... Again, good against the pub team. He was very good last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we've got a whole season in the Europa League, so we've got a few more pub yes, teams. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but other than those two, that's why there was a part of me that was hoping that, like... Uh, Reese Nelson, a Willock, someone like that, so an unknown quantity could come in and stake a claim. Um, but it looks like Emery's come in and they're not quite, they're maybe just a year, year too young or, or just not good enough to, to do that. Yeah, I, th- I, 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 was, I was wondering whether the solution could be Ramsey next to Torreira. I wonder whether, like, remember back in the day when um, Ramsey and Arteta um, had a really good partnership, and they, they had a they had a good season a few years ago. Um, I think that Jacker once again was absolutely shit. It's 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 so he gets worse with every game, um, in my opinion. He had a, he had a better second half, but that's because Everton weren't quite as good. But like he makes the wrong decision on passes. He always goes for the long pass. He doesn't need to. Um, he's slow. He dithers on the ball. Um, like he's just he's the, his lack of self awareness is quite staggering. So I, I wonder, what, you know, what you gain in Jack's ability to open up the final third, like. Um, it, it feels like it's lost in the fact that like he has zero mobility. I wonder whether um, a sort of the base of midfield with Torreira and Ramsey and then bring Ozil central um, might be a way of of, uh, of opening up that attacking third um, a little bit more. And then you could play Mkhitaryan out on the right. Um, I, 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 and even then, like I'm like, oh, okay. Well, then what we do? What do we do on the left and centrally? Like Obama Yang out on the left, like one of the hottest strikers. Um, in world football, having to play left midfield, and he's really not um, that sort of striker. But then I, I suppose that um, Lacazette proved his worth today with that incredible goal. Like the whole the whole setup, when you start talking it through, it's like, oh, and if if you put that player there, then you've got this problem. Like it, it's going to need two or three transfer windows to really build a squad out in the formation that 
that Emery wants. So it's kind of like, it's, as much as I've been unimpressed with Emery so far, like he does have like a really difficult squad to work with. Xhaka, uh, second in the Premier League in complete passes. Yeah. Uh, third in the whole Premier League for accurate long balls. Second in the league for forward passes. Mm-hmm. I know, but if, if you go back a couple of seasons with Jordan Henderson... But he he was top of most completed passes list with a phenomenal amount of numbers. Like and you know, Klopp like still playing him. He's three three hundred, yeah, three hundred, four hundred. I don't I don't necessarily think that those statistics isolated really give the full picture uh, of a player. And uh, like, how many goals and moments can you attribute um, to Jacka? Like from a you know. From a negative perspective. On PremierLeague.com, they're saying he's one of the informed midfielders in the Premier League. Yeah, he's in like the top the top 10 of the top 50. Is he right? Is he the top 10, top 10 players? That's why you Do can't he... trust those fantasy league uh, numbers. Has he just done something with your girlfriend or something? I don't know. Because <laughs> there's a lot of irrational hatred. I don't think it's irrational hatred, though. I don't think it's irrational hatred. I just think he's very good at padding certain statistics. I think if you took it, I like would. Do you really think we'd miss him if we took him out the side? Do you think that we'd miss him? Do you think that is is? Am I having a Gilberto moment from back in the day? Who knows? We were like, what does Gilberto do? And then he's out of the side and he's the invisible wall. We can't be because at least we were winning when it was with Gilberto. I mean, I suppose we're winning right now. That's very true. It's very true. I've about. just found a good Mkhitaryan statistic. Yeah, he has got more Premier League assists. Uh, he made the same amount of Premier League assists in his first start at Arsenal as Alexis Sanchez has made in seven months. What United? <laughs> if there's anything that I've enjoyed about United, it's that exactly. he's been absolutely shit and he's been completely exposed. Yeah. Another, another, another one of those fraud players um, that got away with it under Arsene Wenger because he was allowed he to delivered. do what he, he wanted. Delivered up. Yeah, but uh, but he he got away with it at the expense. You remember he he came to Arsenal when we were a Champions League side and he ended with us uh, being a Europa League side. And it's the same with Özil to a certain degree. I mean, I know that Özil was a better player, but um, Wenger giving them the freedom to what to do what they want didn't really work for the overall team or the overall success of what we were trying to achieve. So look, on, on the Everton game, terrible first half. Second half, we came alive. What is it with our second half performances? I don't know. We didn't make any subs at the half time this time, did we? Uh, we had uh, Socrates, uh, Socrates limped off with a thigh injury. Holding came on. He he looked good. Yeah, he looked solid. I wonder why um, Mustafi gets the nod over Holding. I've got no idea. It's just a tough why would one. anyone actively pick Mustafi? I mean, I was a Mustafi apologist. Um, so what can I say? But. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the guy. So what, what do you think? He gives me the heebie-jeebies. He does, yeah. What do, you think, uh, what do you think was the key to the second half today? Do you just think that Evan got tired? Yeah, I think um, the, goal was, the goal was a brilliant goal. Oh, magic. Uh, and Aaron Ramsey, as much as the much maligned Aaron Ramsey, pl- played it brilliantly. Uh, there's still so much to do for Lacazette. Bent it beautifully into the corner. And I think that just, you know, goals change games. And I think that changed the course of the game. And after that, it was, there, was, there was just no, no way back mentally for Everton. I think they, they, they knew that. Uh, and, and, and then the second followed very quickly offside as well. Uh, Ramsey involved again, Ozil involved. Uh, but it was just such a brilliant finish. And I think that was just 
deflating for for Everton and it changed the course of the game because let's be honest it wasn't a first half sec- first half we were terrible second half we came out a different team second half we came out exactly the same as the first half we just the goal tipped it the goal changed the game and then after that it was we were coasting so it, it, I don't think it was a piece of tactical information that Emery imparted at half time that led to the team changing their game I think it was you know, we do whatever we say about our squad. We've got a lot of talent in there. It's not balanced. It's a bit bizarre. We've overpaid for some of it. Other, you know, there's lots of unfunctioning pieces, but we do have talent there. And Lacazette is one of those players where if you give him a sniff within 25 yards of goal anywhere, he can test the goalkeeper and score. I love this celebration. So arrogant. So arrogant. Bit Ian Wrightish. Bit Ian Wrightish. Um, okay, so let's talk about uh, players that we thought had a good game today. Um, I was impressed with Czech. So impressed, yeah. He's just making he's just making those saves. What, why is his game lifted so much this season? Is it because we got rid of uh, Jerry Payton? Whatever you think about Peter Czech, and you know there have been times when I've just I sort of feel annoyed that we've just got this guy who's definitely in the twilight of his career when you know he was one of the world's greatest goalkeepers uh, at his previous club. Um, he is a guy who thrives on responsibility. And I think sometimes under the Arsene Wenger regime, I sort of feel like the responsibility he was given, he, it was, he didn't have to earn it. It was sort of given to him. You know, Wenger obviously clearly loved him. But I didn't get the feeling that he led by example in the way he played or his performances. It was clear that he did a lot of off-the-field stuff that led to... Um, but he just feels like he's got... There's a bit more passion this year. Like he, you can hear him shouting, you can hear him boiling people out. Even the comments that he made when he got slagged off on social media by some other club, that was un-Peter Like He's acting like he's got um, a bit of an ego. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want from a footballer. He's like, go fuck yourself. Uh, no, I am still a really good goalkeeper. It's like he's got something to prove rather than feeling like I've got nothing to prove. I've proved myself for the last 15 years. And that's what I'm really liking about the way he's playing. Do you think Leno has pushed him on a little bit? Could, a bit be. Of fear? Could be. I mean, we look at, um, you know, we mentioned that season where we bought seven players in, 99, in 2002 a lot. Yeah. And we bought Richard Wright. Mm-hmm. Richard Wright got nowhere near the first team, really. I mean, he played a few games, wasn't very good. But just being there pushed people on. And I think... That's the thing that signings do, just constantly bringing people in. They don't all have to work, um, makes a big difference. So he was impressive. Uh, the fullbacks were both good, I thought, Monreal and Bellerin. I worry a bit about the space that we always seem to get sliced uh, in between the fullback and the, and the, and the centre half. Uh, and I'm not quite sure why that is. We're playing a high line a lot of the time. Um, you know, so. Um, so they were, they were good, and then, you know, usual centre-half all over the shop. But, you know, what can you do? Theo Walcott was quite impressive. Richardson was quite impressive. It's quite the black eye Theo Walcott was nursing. Yeah. Thought they were going to pull out the standing knife, open yeah. up that eyelid, get it back out. on. Yeah. Um, Torreira? Yeah, he wasn't as impressive as he had been as a, in his cameos. Uh, the booking was... Uh, do you think it was a booking? It looked a bit harsh to me. Yeah, 
I agree. And and after that, he just had to be a bit calmer. Um, so it was a bit of a stupid booking. You don't really need. To, I mean, you don't really want to be getting booked going for tackles in in that area of the pitch. You know, save it for a last ditch tackle. He didn't really need to make that. He's clever though, isn't he? He's a very clever player. He like looks... he opens up the space really well. He's very aggressive. Yeah. Um, covers a lot of ground for a small guy. Made a few sort of bad passes. And he's got he's just got a face you you sort of you sort of like as when if he plays for your own club. He looks like a, a bit like a pirate or something, you know? <laughs> he's got some... Yeah, no, that's true. So um And so... then we're not even gonna go, we're not gonna do the do the jacket. And then up front, you know, it's um well, they keep uh, on banging them in. Well, yeah, I mean, look, is this... I was thinking this earlier. And is Aubameyang going to do it against the top clubs? Because I'm a bit concerned. That Chelsea game threw me, to be honest. Because he had two chances on a plate mm-hmm. that he missed. Yeah. And now it seems like... Yeah, the fact that he played in the Europa League makes me think that he's short on confidence. Yeah. Because why would Emery play him in the Europa League? He doesn't need to. He could play Danny Welbeck and or whatever. And Danny Welbeck, Danny Welbeck, who did play Danny Welbeck, but he didn't need to play Aubameyang. Um, he could have just rested him. Why would you play your best striker in the Europa League unless there's unless he's not not mentally a hundred percent right now? What do you reckon? I think it's a confidence thing. And he, he, he didn't start off with a on a goal scoring spree either, did he? No, sort of grown into the season. And uh, even though the goal was a, a scrappy, accidental assist from Ramsey, like he'll he'll eat those up. Like yeah. when he, when he was playing at Dortmund, the amount of goals he scored inside the six yard box was unbelievable. But um, I, I I just wish that we had a way of integrating Lacazette and Aubameyang as strikers rather than having to play one person out on the left who's really not suited for that. Yeah, I didn't mind it too much because he reminds me a bit, it's a bit like the Thierry Henry left-sided position where, you know, you hang left, but you're always coming in and cutting in on your right foot. So I don't mind it too much. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see what happens. He needs to, it'd be great if he could, in this run of the next four games before we play Liverpool, it'd be great if he could get four or five goals yeah. and really go in look, feeling razor sharp like he can score. Absolutely. Because we know that when we go to Anfield... There's going to be very few chances going around. So Arsenal up to sixth oh, on on that winning run. Next up in the league, Watford um, is uh, no, it's in the league. Yeah, it's Watford. It's Brentford. Uh, Brentford coming up midweek. Um, we got beaten by Brentford in preseason badly. It was not a good game. So that's on Wednesday. Um, Watford at home. You'd have to imagine that that's going to be a tough game. But again, another one that you feel confident. About at home. We've had a bad record against them in recent years. We have, yeah. They've been a bit of a bogey team. Yeah. Then we've got Quarabag. As well, especially. Yeah, then we've got Quarabag. And then the following Sunday, Fulham. Um, Fulham away. Yeah. And uh, so. How are they doing? I don't know really how they're. I haven't really been following them. No, I haven't either. I haven't either. But they'll be be missing. uh, Spent £100 million. They'll be missing Chambers. Yeah. I don't even think Chambers has been getting a start. But um, but yeah. So what have we got? We've got um, uh, Watford, Fulham, Leicester, Palace. That's Leicester away. Yeah. So that's the, that's the first. No, it's Leicester at home. Oh, Leicester at home. Um, it's Palace away, and then Liverpool at home on uh, the third of November. If we could get uh, eight Premier League wins in a row, 
that'd be something, wouldn't it? And then it kind of it kind of takes the like even if we did say you know say we lose to Liverpool and they are a favourite for the Premier League and we're not in great shape at the moment. After Liverpool, we play Wolves at home. Then we've got Bournemouth away. Then December gets pretty gross straight away. It's uh, December's the tough one because um, then we've got Tottenham uh, December first, and then at, December at December fourth away from home. We've got United. Um, so yeah, December's December's not very pleasant. And then our second game against Liverpool um, is the 29th of December. So well, there's a lot of tough no games. One can, no one can accuse us of only thinking short term. We're already looking. <laughs> Look how far ahead we're looking. Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that uh, that caps off um, a Monday edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. Many thanks, um, Matt, for coming onto the show um, today. Thanks, Pete. Um, we're going to be back. Uh, are, we, are we back next Monday? Yeah. I will definitely be back next Monday. We're on a roll. We're on a roll. Um, and if you're listening at home and you've got one of those iTunes contraptions, go on there, drop us a five-star rating, leave a cute review. Um, we read them all and we'd love it. And, uh, and share with your friends, share with your mum, share with your dad. Um, put the word out about the Arsenal opinion for free. Um, and on that note, I shall say goodbye. Goodbye, Matt. Goodbye. Bye. Socks are the number one most requested item at homeless shelters. Underwear second and shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first, made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts too, all designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas, comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash comfy. Sports Social Podcast Network.